everybody, welcome back to another episode of MCG Rant. MCG Rants. It's called MCG Rants, Ross. For some reason, my mouth did not want to work there. Yeah. Well, really, I'm the only one that rants, so singular might be appropriate. MCG Rant. I don't know. I yeah. know off every now and then, I'm definitely going to have some rants on this show because uh, today we're going to be doing a little bit of what we've been alluding to, I think, for the last like three or four episodes where we're kind of going to go back through time. Like, we haven't figured out a name for this yet. We probably should have thought a, a name for this, but it's kind of be like a throwback, right? What we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving, like, our oral history of magic through our eyes, right? Like, we're going to start with with me because I'm a little older than you. Um, yes, I am older than Ross by a significant amount of years. I would say maybe a lot older, but, you know. Sure, sure. Potato, potato. How old are you? I am almost 35. I, I turned 39 in, hold on, uh, seven days. So... Uh, yeah, I'll be 39, and the next year we can make the big 4-0. But, you know, I started playing Magic before Ross. We got competitive around the same time, which we'll get into maybe on this episode, because I have a feeling this is going to take multiple episodes. They might not all be back-to-back. You know, like, we have something else we need to talk about in an episode. We might, like, take a week off or whatever, this kind of stuff. But I anticipate this being very fun and probably therapeutic for us in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully everybody at home uh, gets that from us and can enjoy this, too. And, like, maybe brings you down memory lane for your history of magic or maybe you don't realize you know some of the things that we're going to talk about because i'm going to talk about magic i wasn't there there like the entire time at the beginning but i was there for a decent bit of it and like there's some stuff like people don't know about or how magic was back then and you know before some of our listeners are probably even born which is going to be awesome so this is pretty i'm I've been looking forward yeah. to this let's just call these shows old man stories sure uh that's what they are on magic the magic the ranting okay sure it's just old man stories you know the the episode of the Simpsons with the lemon tree, I when, vaguely remember this. Uh, and they're they're over by the lemon tree in the beginning of the episode, and uh, you know, the, t- talking about how gr- glorious the lemon tree is, and then Milhouse just points to Grandpa who's sitting on the stump and goes, "Hey, everybody, an old man's talking." And they all gather around and and listen when he says, "Did you know this t- f- tree dates back to frontier times?" <laughs> sure. And then he gives the whole story, and yeah, so, so we're just the we're the old yeah. man talking in this scenario, yeah. and our lo- our sure. listeners are the Millhouses. Sure, um, they're all little wiener kids with glasses. Well, little wiener that- kids with glasses, uh, listen up because we're gonna go ahead and try to get started. So, for me, magic started. I think I was about in fourth grade, so I'm about nine or ten years old. The year is about ninety four, ninety five, somewhere there. I can't nail this down to an exact time. Because my first interaction with magic was, you know, I go to recess at school and uh, I had two or three friends that were one grade older than me. Like, I think one of them might have been two grades, you know what I mean? Like the, the group of friends, because we all had the same recess. It was like stagger. It wasn't stagger. It was like all at the same time. And my friends were like sitting down one day and playing with something. And I walk up and it's like some cards, right? And it's magic cards. I'm like, what is this? And so they're like, oh, escape magic. It's great. Whatever. And like, you know, they you know, teach me how to play and, you know, I'd play with them with their cards. Eventually I would, you know, beg my parents for some, some money so I could play. Um, you know, I use my, uh, allowance, which back then my allowance in the early, I remember this, I used to get $2 a week, Ross, and you could get a comic book or two or a pack of magic cards because some of the magic cards were $2. Not all the packs. If you wanted like beta or alpha, they were more expensive. Antiquities was on the thing. So let's kind of start with there. The, the packs that were on the wall, when I started, if I if I remember exactly correct, um, Ice Age wasn't out yet because I remember being excited about Ice Age coming out, and Ice Age debuted in June of '95. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, the Dark was out, which was early to like mid '94, 
like Legends was definitely out or something like that. So like it's probably sometime in mid to late '94 that I'm that I'm getting into the game, and uh, you know we're we're playing very casually, right? Like everybody back then, um, you did have deck boxes. Your deck box was a sandwich zip, ziploc bag. Nobody had oh, sleeves. Yeah. Your sleeves were rubber bands. I still have <laughs> cards from these days, Ross. And if there are cards that I played with at school, you can tell because the back of the magic card has like cement scrapes on them from playing them. You know, sometimes we play them on grass or in like something. Like, a lot of times we would just sit on the curb or whatever because uh, we have like a parking lot as part of our recess area at the, at the school that I grew up in. And it was super not dangerous at all. And uh, we'd sit there and play with the concrete. And, you know, when you attack creatures or play your features on the ground, you know, your card to be all bent up. And uh, if you ever see me in person with like my Tron deck or my Legacy deck, ask me to de-sleeve my Tron lands or my Force of Wills because I still have some of those from when I was a kid. And you've seen these. They are, they are loved. They are well <laughs> loved for, from back yeah. then. But I think the only card I have from my very early days, like, you know, playing that style of sure. magic is a Plane Shift Terminate. And it, it is <laughs> similarly well loved. <laughs> Look like a dog kind of hold up or something. Yeah. So uh, I remember, you know, going into my LGS. I still remember the name of it and where it was. It's a subway now, but it was called Joker's Palace. And it was like, you know, mid city and better. It was closest one to me. It was easily a 15, 20 minute drive because like, we lived out in the middle of nowhere at this time. Now we have like every, whatever, but uh, where I where I grew up. And I remember, you know, seeing these packs on the wall in Ross. They were some winners and they were some losers. You know, we're talking, you have all the packs up to this point. But you yeah. had the bad ones too. Oh, well, still, when you're a kid, it must have been exciting to open all those sweet packs. So he was exciting, but it was also awful at the same time. <laughs> because, like, I would you understand what opening a pack of like the Dark and Fallen Empires was like versus opening a pack of like Legends or something? Because like you open Legends yeah. and like yeah, you get this like five four creature that costs like four red black. It has like no abilities. And you're like, this is great, you know? Because like that's <laughs> it's way so ahead big. Of yeah, that's way ahead of rate time. But then like you open. Fallen Empires with the Dark, and like every card is unplayable garbage. Just right? like, but like it, they all make phallets for some reason. <laughs> sure. There's a lot of phallets, and like there's a few playable ball. There's a few little, you know, diamonds in the rough here or there. But like, I want, I want to like really bring people back then and understand what it was like over the days. Cause like, I want you to understand it's 1994, 1995. I do not have a computer in my house. We do not have the internet. None of us have a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, this is, it's a different time, right? You know, like, I think, I think my stepdad had a beeper, if I remember right. You know, in case somebody needed to get a hold of it or something like that. And you had to go to a payphone, right? So this guy was like, a, but here's the, the reason I'm saying this: there's no internet. Well, the internet kind of, you know what I mean? Like it was like, you didn't say there's no internet like we have today. We're like, yeah, you know, you have the hive mind, whatever. And it, and so it wasn't you, as you know ubiquitous. Like I, I knew right. kids around that time that had you know computers at home and sure. you know had dial-up internet with like yep. Windows 95 machines, but it's not you know. It was not yeah. the same. This was the era where you had to memorize your friend's phone numbers. Yes. I had a I had a note card in my wallet that had all the numbers in it that I would need. Like a little like, physical note card that yeah. you fold up your wallet and had everything. Um, I, I remember resenting my friend Justin because I used to... Um, the, we had a couple phones in the house, but the one that was most convenient for me to use was a actual... Um, it, it wasn't even a touchdown. A rotary? It was rotary. a rotary phone. That's it. Yes. And my friend Justin's phone number had a lot of sevens, eights, nines, and zeros in it, like high numbers, which man, it just took forever to yeah. uh, like spin it. Well, I, I'm sure most people I, I, I listening at home just don't even understand. They're like, I'm not sure why that would take longer. It's like, yeah. you have to put your finger in yeah. that hole yeah. where that number was. 
spin Google this rotary phone. thing around <laughs> and let it spin all the way back yeah. for the phone to register that number. And so it literally took me like twice as long to dial his number yeah. as anyone else's. Because Google rotary phone, you're going to have your mind blown. Like, here's the thing. My house phone at the time, because like, that's how you had to call someone. You had, you had the house phone was on the wall. And it had like a six foot cord or nine foot cord that you <laughs> yeah. could walk down the kitchen or into the living room with it. And like, that was the phone. You know, and like you never knew who was calling you. There's no caller ID. We had an answering machine. You know, we didn't want to, like, if you wanted to screen the call, you know, the answering machine would be like, hey, it's me. Call me back. And you're like, okay. You're like, yeah. Back, we, whatever, right? We had a phone upstairs and a, and a phone downstairs. And, and the phone well, we upstairs floor, sat yeah. on its own little table. Yep. Like it was the special phone table with one yep. chair next to it. So you could sit in that chair at that table and, and it use has that the phone. It has the notepad in front yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then upstairs, the it was a, a, a corded, more, more 90s modern phone for the time, a touchdown sure. phone. That was on the wall, just like yeah. you described. That was the upstairs phone. So I need people to understand that this is the kind of realm that we're living in. So yeah. the no internet thing is important. And we didn't important. have two two lines. You couldn't use both phones yep. at the same time. Definitely. I remember the first time that happened, you get the beep beep noise, meaning something else is coming in. Like it yeah. freaked you out. All right. So this is really important, right? Because I want people to understand that like we didn't have the internet, right? And so if you wanted information on magic, get it by magazine. This is a cool paper magazine to read about. And I'm a kid. I don't do that. I didn't even know. So here's the thing. I'm opening packs of the dark and, you know, and fallen empires and stuff. And like, I don't know better. Like, I don't know what's in the set because we don't get spoilers like we do nowadays where you just have every card ahead of time. And half the time, I didn't know like there were rares and uncommons because like, you know, they were oddly packed in the packs. I didn't understand that kind of thing. And you didn't get separate colored symbols. Yeah. And so like, yeah, you didn't have like the the set symbol was even on the cards for some of the early cards, by the way. It was like right around the time the set symbols are getting on all the cards. If you go like the very first couple sets out of the, out of Magic, there's no set symbols. But anyway, um, and then it didn't have a set symbol. You didn't get the coloring on top of you set. So here's the important thing: I don't know these packs suck, right? So I'm buying the packs because they're cheaper than the other ones, right? Because I'm a kid and I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, it's cheaper. Like, why wouldn't I just buy this? And I open it up, and the packs would just suck. And I'm just like, oh, unlucky again. And like in your mind, you're like, I'm just unlucky, like. The next pack is probably going to be better, or at least have some good cards <laughs> in it. And you just didn't know, Ross. Like we didn't know that it was that bad that the sets were unplayable and just horrible. And it was just awful an experience. Like thinking, uh, and then you know, like you're you're a kid, so like your your hope is you're op- you're optimistic, right? Your hope is eternal. And like you're just buying these packs, and like I'm like excited when I get order the Ebon Hand, you know, because like that cards, you <laughs> know. Or uh, Will of the Wisp, I remember being a big card back then that I was a big fan of. It's like one black mana for a zero one. I can't remember if it is flag or not, but it's like one black mana regenerate. Look, I think the it thing does fly. Forever. Yeah, it did. I think it does. It, I knew it had some other ability. I think it's flying, but like it had regenerate. So like this thing blocks uh, forever because Yeah, it flies. I, I want you to understand this. We put creatures in our decks back then because they could block. We, we want to make sure we can block and have good blocking. Like that was a thing that people thought about and said about magic decks back then. Um... I'm trying to remember, like, early Magic. Like, my decks, all my decks were over 100 cards because, you know, you just played all the cards you wanted to play. They definitely didn't play enough lands. I know that for sure, right? You just played, like, if you had a playable card, you opened up a playable card, you just put it in your deck. You didn't take something out. You just kept adding cards, right? Because, like, we didn't know. You know, I'm not playing super competitively here. I'm playing with my friends. I will say this. I was one of the first of my friends to, like, play Land War Elves the way it was supposed to be played. I, like, played it, and I was like, yeah, I had this turn once. I can have an extra land. You know, like, I, I was the first, one of the first ones to, like, grasp that concept. Which is wild to think that, like, you know, we just have that ingrained in us every game we play. But, like, this is my force foray into anything like this. As yeah, a person. So anyone's, you know, that magic yeah. defined the genre. 
Yeah, so it was like really cool. This is all going on. I remember being very excited for Ice Age to come out. Can you can you guess the card that I was excited for for Ice Age? Uh, I'm gonna guess um, Jester's Cap. That's a good guess. That one was really cool. I didn't necessarily get it. You know, I was like, I understood what it did, but I didn't get it. You get what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, like whatever. Like what scaled were. I was all about, I think it was like a seven, six for like seven, six for seven and a green. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this thing is awesome. It's It's so big. No one could kill it. Even though we're all playing terror. (laughs) (laughs) Cause like you had to be able to bury a creature. Ross Terrace is bury target creature. And that's a keyword from magic back in the day. You couldn't regenerate from being buried because you had dark banishing at the time as well. That one would destroy a creature. You need to be able to bury it. Yeah. Once you bury it, you can't come back for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> even though we have zombies in the game <laughs> so they were really go. excited for Ice Age and, they needed some um, refinement yeah Homelands came out after that we were buying Homelands and another another set where we had some of the same problems uh, Elias came out right after that I was I was kind of into that one I played a little bit Mirage came out of that set in about 1996 and here's where I took kind of a step away from the game I, I stopped playing for probably a significant amount of time here because Mirage up to um about odyssey so we're looking at a solid uh almost six or seven years i I don't play very much magic so it was like like late grade school so like maybe like seventh and eighth grade into high school i barely touched the stuff and you were telling me that your intro into the game from your brother was about that time so before i came back to the game which we'll get into this is where you get brought into yeah because he he played when he was in middle school it had uh, around seventh and eighth grade for him, which meant I would have been in second and third grade. Um, you overachiever. He's a little older than me. So he, and it, you know, he learned to play, started playing at the card store. Uh, and he was never, you know, that serious about it. Um, but he wanted somebody to play with around the house. And so he taught me how to play and we would just play with his decks. He would just hand me one, you know, uh, and he would play with another. He never let me win. That's um, good though. I had a yeah. little brother who never let me win at anything we did together. It like made <laughs> me the competitor I am today. Anyway, I continue. Yeah, uh, w- would actively like toy with me and like not kill me when I was dead and like let me Played catch back up. Yeah, he would just like hold the lightning bolt and slow roll it for I mean like eight turns. Sure, like, and then I, you know I'd start coming back and I think I was going to win and he just lightning bolt me at the end. Um, you know, normal uh, older brother, little brother stuff. Um, <laughs> But that, that was my first, you know, understanding of it. And I basically only knew the cards that were in his decks. And now one thing, there were two things that uh, that defied my, my brother's deck building. One, he didn't like green. He thought green was stupid, which in 1996 is probably right. Green, yeah, probably, green sucked. We had the same thing. We played a lot of like green, black, and red. We thought blue was unplayable. We thought white <laughs> was really stupid too because like, I mean, cards didn't even work. You had like white war. The card didn't even actually work. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Stuff, but you like it did it. So he he uh, he didn't have any green decks. He also uh, he didn't like dual lands. He was like dual oh. dual lands are stupid. I'm just gonna play monocolor decks. Can it was I all can I, all about the monocolor? Can I uh, interject here? This is like, yeah. So everybody has these stories about when they were a kid and opening packs. I still remember opening a pack at an LGS and I opened it underground C. Right, I still remember this, and I'm like, so what is this? And someone's like, oh, that's like your rare, that's like your good card on the pack. It's the underground C. I can't remember. It's my middle because I remember buying packs of like fourth edition, revised, etc. And uh, I was like, so wait, 
my best card by package is a land that taps for blue or black. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, why wouldn't I just play Swamps and Islands in my deck? Like, why is this good? Like, I couldn't understand. Yeah. So the guy's just like, all right, cool. Well, then trade it to me. Like, he like traded it to me for some like random shit, you know, like, or I traded it to him for some random shit. Yeah. Which is like, you know, everyone has those stories, right? But like, when I was, you know, I was more interested in like, giving me a Seeker Vampire, you know, yeah. give me a Shivan Dragon. Give me a Scaled Work. Yeah. Or a Sarah, uh, Sarah Angel, uh, yeah. Sarah Angel, like the only good creatures they bring up. Anyway, okay, go ahead, keep going. So, uh, yeah, so he just had four monocolor decks that we cycled through ad nauseum, and there were just certain cards that, like, you know, you couldn't answer in his decks. One of them, he had, he had one Mazavith sure. in, the, his, in his mono black deck, and I, like, I remember just being so annoyed by it all the time. Because there were no cards, as far as I knew, there was literally no card that could beat Mazavith. Like it, once it was on the battlefield, it was unanswerable, and it just dealt with your best creature over and over yep. again. Everybody had Maze of Death in their deck. Uh, another yeah. thing, real quick, other side of it. What, when I was a kid, the rules were different as well. I can't remember all of them, but the mulligan rules were much different in Magic. It just made me think about this. So you were only allowed the mulligan your opening hand if it had all lands or no lands, and you had to reveal it to your opponent to show that. Here's the problem. Your deck had Maze of Death in it. So if you had like six spells and a Maze of Death in your hand, that's a keep. You got to keep it. And if we might be playing for Annie, you might be playing for a good card too, so you might lose it. For everybody, uh, Ante was before the game. You would like shuffle up your deck or whatever, and you would randomly remove a card from your deck. This is how we did. We would randomly remove a card from the deck. And each player would do that, and that's what you're playing for. Yeah. And so the winner just gets to keep it. They got rid of Ante pretty quickly, and now all those yeah, cards are banned in every format where they yeah, could possibly awful. be legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we, uh, I, you know, I just knew those four decks and those cards and like certain cards were just really powerful because none of the cards in the rest of my brother's decks could answer them. <laughs> and like he just always locked me out of games with like Urtai Wizard Adept. Sure. Because there wasn't a lot of removal in his deck. Fun card. Yeah. Yeah. Um and uh about you know uh, and you know anything else that he had. But uh he stopped playing, you know, right before he went to, into high school. And so then I just, you know, as a as a corollary, stopped playing myself. And then uh, it was only a few years later when I was entering eighth grade. So this would have been 2001, right as Odyssey was being released. <laughs> and I went to a new school that year. It had just opened the next town over from mine. So it's a magnet school that uh, brought in kids from four different towns in Connecticut, one of which is mine. I had to win like a lottery just to get into it. It was brand new. It was supposed to be a school that focused on math, science, and technology. Every single classroom had at least three or four computers in it that uh-huh. were all uh, state-of-the-art at that time or close to state-of-the-art. They all had Pentium. They had Pentium 3 processors. Anything? Anything? Yeah. I'm talking like seven, 800 megahertz processors. The computers that I learned on... Windows wasn't a thing yet. We used DOS and you had to like, you know, like use yeah. the C commands. I, or I, 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 had, I had some DOS computers yeah. in my schools when I was really was, young. Everything was black and white on the computers that I learned on. It was like IBM and some shit. And like we had, yeah. we had a class where you'd go in it was just a room with like 30 computers. And everybody would sit down and the teacher would like show you how to use it and stuff. Yeah. Because that's the our, future. Our first computer lab got put in while I was in elementary school. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you, know, you know, we started to have a computer class, you know, twice, oh. twice a week or whatever. Uh, but the, you know, this school, you know, was way ahead of, of anything else that we had available. So it got in and because it drew kids from like, you know, all over most, I would say like 
half of the kids were from the town that the school was in, which was the next town over for mine. But all kids that I basically didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my town is forty thousand people. I like played. I knew kids that were went to different schools within Middletown because I, you know, played youth sports with them, or you know, they went to my school and moved or whatever, um, and things like that. But I didn't really, you know, know kids from other towns, and so I'm there, and I know, you know, maybe a quarter of the kids there, um, and. So I start making, you know, new friends within the first couple of weeks. And, you know, there's this circle of friends all from that town, from Meriden, and they all were just playing magic. And I had already, you know, been friends with them. And then like, you know, a week or two later, they're just, you know, I walk into a classroom and they're all playing magic. And I know exactly what they're doing because I, you know, I'd already played. And so I, like, I just sort of clarified with them. They're like, yeah, you know, do you play? And I was like, well, I used to. So they, you know, sort of retaught me. And hey. that's when I really started playing and getting into it myself. Um, I actually, I remember, so, you know, everybody remembers like the, the first pack they opened, like what the rare was, sure. how cool of a moment that was. I do I, remember this. I'll tell my story later. Yeah. I do not remember what the rare was in my oh, first Oh, I 100% pack. do. And it's a very good story. I was at the mall with my mom for like, probably like back to school things. I don't know. Like, Gotta buy those uh, manila folders and that trapper keeper, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we were at the mall for something uh-huh. and we walked by a store and I, they had, you know, packs of magic cards behind the register. And I was like, Ooh, I, I like, I want a pack. Like, you know, I'm playing magic with my friends. My mom's like, okay, sure. You know, it's, yeah. you know, Good three, $4. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she buys me one pack and it was of invasion. Uh, I, I, I literally couldn't tell you what the rare was because I was more excited about an uncommon whose name I also don't remember. It was one of the split cards. Uh, but if it, uh, if you remember my fascination with, uh, with the maze vif because mm-hmm. not, none of the cards you know could beat it this was the red black split card from invasion and the red side is just three and a red destroy target non-basic land yeah i'd never seen land destruction before i had no idea that that was even Shit, a thing stone rain was a staple in our decks yeah. growing up I, but... I just read four mana destroy target non-basic land I was like this beats maze of it and i just started freaking out in the back seat of the car my mom's like, what are you, what, what are you getting so excited about? She's obviously just like, oh, you, you must have opened a really good rare card. Yeah. And I yeah. know, you know, this card's like, probably worth about three cents. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, uh, uh, but, uh, that, that was the card I was excited about. Uh, yeah. So like around this time is kind of when I came back. So we're looking at like 2002, 2001, 2002. So like my senior year of high school, cause I graduated in 03. Right. Cause, um, Odyssey was the newest set out. I remember Torment coming out. I'm like, wait, the set's like mostly black. Like, what's going on? Because Torment was like, you know, the black set. Kind of taking back two seconds. So during this time, I was aware of Magic. I didn't like look at you know coverage and stuff very much because it was like very sporadic. I'm yeah. starting to get on the internet a lot more. Uh, I remember I, it being on ESPN too. Do you remember this? I remember seeing commercials I, I, for Magic. I, I didn't have cable as a kid, so I would have oh, never seen I it. Did. Yeah, I remember yeah. like because because uh, uh, in the mornings, you know, growing up, uh, I have an older brother. And I didn't get to watch cartoons because we watched what he wanted to watch, which was sports there, which explains a lot, right, about me. Like, I'm like sports and numbers and stuff a lot. And I remember because we had this little table in the living room, right, in front of the TV where we'd sit down and eat our breakfast. My mom would like make us breakfast, you know, like scrambled eggs and pancakes, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thanks, mom. Very good upper hang. Uh, getting to watch TV, getting to watch sports there. <laughs> I, Thanks, just, mom, Bruce. I just found the split card. Yep. So the, the other side is, is just one, it's just Raymond's crime without sure. retrace, right? Sure. But it's just the, 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 the name of this split card is just so perfect. Somehow, this is the card I was most what excited about in my first pack of Magic. It's pain and suffering. <laughs> that's that's absolutely perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Okay, 
So, oh, little did I know. I, I, since we brought this up, so like, I, uh, I, I remember this. Uh, I made some friends in high school, like some new friends, and I, I go over to one of my friends' houses once. And this is in like my junior senior year, sometime around, where um, I've now realized that I'm not a good athlete. I'm an okay athlete at best. You know, like I was like running track, playing basketball. Uh, I got hurt uh, going into freshman year of high school really badly and couldn't play like football or baseball or anything anymore for like over a year. Like I got hurt really bad, right? I had to like relearn how to use my arm kind of thing. And so uh, I picked up golf and some other shit and I got into that. I was like competitive, but I have a very, I'm a very competitive person. You got this. I don't have many hobbies where I'm not like trying to become like world class at it. You know, that's the guy I am. Yeah. What are you going to say? I'm like, I want to know everything. I want to get good at this. So I go over to my friend's house, this guy named uh, Whitney. Um, we go hang out at his house because his parents were cool as shit. They would just like let us come over. He had a pool with like hot tub and stuff. Like, yeah. He also was like the first one to start driving. And so, he, so, like, he, he, had the, he had the cool house. Yeah, he was the nuts, right? So uh, to this day, he's still one of my favorite people in high school. He put up with me too. I was a fucking handful to put up with in high school. Holy shit. You still are tanning. On... Yeah, but I should have like, I'm at least aware of it now. Back then I wasn't aware of it. I should have been on like, <laughs> Every form of adrenaline that was, <laughs> that was available. So anyway, uh, you know, I'm in the sports as of the time. I, I, I remember we're chilling in his room and he has, do you remember the blue binder, the sports binder that everybody had their, their cards in growing up with like the big three ring binder. It's like, oh, it was blue and yeah. it was like sports cards. Right? He has one. I was like, oh, cool. Sports cards. So I opened it up and it's magic card. I was like, oh shit, I used to play this game. So like, you know, we're just chatting or whatever. And he's like, I still play. And he's like, there's this store that I think it was like every Thursday night, everybody goes and plays. He's like, you have 20, 30 something people there. And he's like, he told me where it was. As somebody in the store was Little Wars. It still exists in Baton Rouge a day. They've moved it since because that area is like, they leveled the area. It was in it's the Walmart now or whatever. But I remember because we used to go there and we'd play. And then um, there's a Chinese buffet right next to it. We'd just go eat like, you know, 12 plates of food and stuff. And like, you know, have a good night. So I remember showing up with like my old school deck, uh, my trusty, we called it Elf Ball, which is like green red deck with like land destruction, elves that made a bunch of mana and then like fireballs. And so that's how you want. You're like, kill your land, kill your land, like play a big ass thing or fireball you for like nine. That was the deck. And that deck was good, Ross. I'm telling you, I beat a lot of people with that deck. Anyway, um, <laughs> I go in and, you know, I go the first I, time I, just kind of like. Hold, hold on. Yeah, uh, how long were you playing before you went to the store to like play FM? Uh, not a lot. Like, I literally just started up, and he was like, you should just come one Thursday night, and you like, maybe you see if you want to come back into it. But this wow. is after your break. Yeah, it's after my break. Like, okay, I so you I haven't played for a couple of years of as a kid. Yeah, I haven't, like, I didn't know Urza's, Urza's block existed. Like, I didn't know that history yet of, like, that yeah. broken shit, right? So, but here's the, here's the funny part. So I go there, and I'm, like, watching people play, and I'm like, you know what? You know, I have, I have some money, or whatever. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a pack of Magic Arts. I'm like, what's, and I asked the guy, Magic what's the newest set? And he's like, uh, Odyssey. So this, this is where, you know, the story finally connects to your, sorry, I know I'm around, like, very long-winded to get there. So I'm like, okay, so open a pack of magic cards, right? I go through, and, you know, he tells me, like, oh, your rare will be the, because, like, they had the rare symbol at this point, right? Where it was, like, gold or whatever, right? I think. Maybe they had it, I honestly, right? Yes, they did. So. Yeah, th those symbols started in Exodus, Tannen. Yes. Okay, so, again, oh, also, it's very important, 7th edition has happened since now. So the yeah. rules of the game have drastically changed and I am unaware of this. This, this is important to the story. Okay. So I open, I want you to Google up the card and then read it for everybody at home. My rare that I open is Mirari in the first pack that I open coming back. Can you read Mirari to everybody at home? It's a five mana legendary artifact. It is. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you may pay three generic. 
And uh, if you do copy that instant or sorcery, you may choose new targets for the copy. The reason I want you to read it is you're missing a small part of the of the card. Oh, I didn't read it. I'm just recalling. I, yeah, I could have done that too. I'm saying, but the reason I asked you to read it is because it says you may put a copy of that spell onto the stack. Do you see where the problem is? <laughs> and if you're just like, where is where is the stack? Quote? So that's the funny part. So I show up to this thing on Thursday night and I find the guys. I ask them, I'm like, are there any players here that are like really good? And they point me out to some people who eventually will become my friends, right? And like, you know, yeah. start my career into the. We probably won't get too much into the, like the real competitive stuff because that's starts to get in the nitty gritty per set. And that's going to be like episode by episode. But anyway, this is the start of it. So I'll never forget this. I walk over to it. This is a guy named Zach. And I can't remember the other guy's name. And I'm being pretty good friends with both of them. A little bit older than I am. And I'm like, hey, you guys are like good at magic, right? And they're just like, you know, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm like, do you like playing tournaments? Like, know the rules and stuff? And they're like, yeah. And I go, all right, can you help me explain this card to me? They're like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, where is the stack? I literally ask them, like, where is the stack? Do I like put the card <laughs> on top of my card? Like, how does this work? And so from that moment, they actually explain the stack to me. So like, they take out a couple cards and they're like, all right, so like, you play this card and then someone plays like card on top of it. And they're like, you play it instant. I'm like, well, Wait, what do you mean? What do you play an instant? And they're like, yeah, when you play it, so I'm like, well, what happens if I like play an interrupt? And they're like, and you interrupt? What? Because like we haven't printed an interrupt now in like five years, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, what? And so they explain yeah, all you, this to you, me. Your break over your break, the sixth edition rules changes happened. And that yeah, was just sixth a, edition, such a right? yeah, yeah sure. it was sixth edition. Sure. That, that's when the stack was introduced. Sure. Before it used to be batches, they got rid of interrupts. Like a uh, lot the of the game got simplified and codified as a result of yeah. those rules changes. The damage prevention step no longer existed. Uh, yeah, tapped creatures dealt damage now. Like Icy Manipulator was the literal most unbeatable card in the history of Magic growing up. Because like, if you had an Icy Manipulator out, you had act and your opponent blocked your, you'd be like tap one creature. Your creature did not deal damage anymore. Like like it was wild west back then. So anyway, yeah. so we used to do that, that too after the sixth edition rules changes. It was one of those like every you know, group of kids has rules that they didn't get correct. Sure. And ours was like tappers were way too good. Because yeah. you just got to like block with them and then tap something mm -hmm. that was it was already attacking and it removed yeah. it from combat and everything, yeah. you know. Uh, so uh we also thought global damage got by protection. Sure. Like Pyroclasm would kill a silver yeah, knight. Global, global enchantments and shit, yeah. Sure. Yeah. All the global shit. Yeah. God, the game this was a huge upgrade in magic, by the way. Like huge upgrade at the time. Yeah. And so that was my first worried back. Like literally I could, I remember opening my first pack and like being excited about it. So then, like, I would go and open packs to kind of, like, fill... I remember opening packs of the Urza set, because people were like, yeah, that set's insane. And, like, you know, opening rare stuff that, like, I was... I remember opening Donate and being like, how the hell is this a rare? Ross, like, I, I give them something? So I'm like, wait, but what if I give them something really bad? And they're like, but wait, could I have the bad card in my deck, Ross? So, like, my brain would break. You know, like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Like, you know, and... Oh man! So, what was it like to, for you then? Did you immediately start getting into competitive, or did you play kind of casually? Oh, not, with these not for a while. So we, you know, I got introduced. Or this is early in the school year, like you know, sure. September, actual September, the first month. And so we're just playing. You know, when we at we're playing at lunch a lot. Okay. We're playing. You know, at recess instead of going and running around. We're just sitting around playing magic. We're playing when we have downtime in in classrooms and things like that. Uh, we started playing a lot in the band room because we had a lot of downtime in band and all of us were in band. Um, and so we played a lot there and, um, you know, we're just sitting there playing casual. It was the same thing. You did like, you did no deck boxes. We had, you know, you know, Ziploc, you know, uh, sandwich bags and, and rubber bands. And, uh, I, I remember, you know, we didn't go, fully go to like a hundred cards, but all my decks were like 65 to 72, something in that range. 
because uh, you know everyone would tell me like, yeah, like you, you want to get down to sixty if you can. But I was like, yeah, but all these cards are good. I don't want to cut any of them, so I'll just add a couple more lands, and we'll be fine. I'm sure our land counts were awful, um, especially my, for your your standards. Yeah, my brother actively told me to mana weave. He was like, that's what you oh, should yeah. do. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, everyone, everyone was mana weaving. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and we're just playing a, a bunch at, at school, and um, and then um, I I remember like one of my uh, one of my friends that like told me that there was like a Magic Pro Tour, and they told me that like the World Champion gets like a million dollars, which was okay. clearly not true. Yes, uh, know, right? but, like, you know, things just get lost in translation, I guess. So we, we had, like, some idea that, like, tournaments happened. I knew my brother used to play tournaments at the card shop. Um, and it wasn't until the end of that school year, it was it was May, um, when I I learned, the, like, you know, what specific card shop that, you know, there was. And it was it was in that town. It was in Meriden, Connecticut. Uh, and it, it was just called Sam's uh, because it was owned by a guy named Sam. Everybody had that store, by the way. We yeah. we had one like that too. My, mine yeah. was also across the street from a Chinese buffet. Actually, one of the obviously. best Chinese uh, like obviously. Chinese restaurants, yeah. like uh, not buffet, but like Chinese takeout. Sure, and it was it was literally this day like one of the best ones I've ever yep. had. Uh, their General Tso's chicken was incredible. Um, and it still tasted. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't so much like the flavor of the sauce; it was what that like it was always hot, fresh, and crispy. Bro, was, you like, know what? You know, whenever everyone says those were the good old days, I wish we knew we were in the good old days when we were in the good old days. Because, like, life was so good back then, man. Yeah. You're like, you had no so worries. Simple. I didn't have, like, mortgage. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't know, I wasn't losing my hair. Like, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm growing taller. Yeah. I'm acing tests. And every yeah, Friday, right. I get to go play FM. And uh, we didn't have FM. We would just, everyone would just play on Thursday nights. It, that wasn't uh, a thing yet. So, so, uh, so I got told about FM. It was actually from uh, one of my friends who's I'm still friends with to this day, who I met. He, he saw us playing in the band room. Sure. He was a year younger than us. We, we were in eighth grade. He was in seventh. And he was like, you know, y'all are playing Magic? He's like, I, I play Magic. Yeah. I'll bring, like, you know, he like brought in his binder. He'd been playing for a couple of years already. I'm so and old. He I'm knew like the graduating rules. high school at this time. Yeah. <laughs> he knew the rules way better than us and, and like would correct us when we were wrong about things. And like his decks were better than ours. So, um, and uh, you know he was like, yeah, like they have F and M, you know, at this or like Friday Night Magic at at the store uh, at Sam's, and I was like, yeah, let, let, let's go. And um, you know his uh, his parents never wanted him like staying out late. They would like pick him up after like round two, and he'd have to leave. And my parents just didn't care. They let me stay yeah. the entire time. I was like, he's uh, not doing drugs. He's not drinking. Like he can yeah. stay and play Magic with, with these people. Within yeah. a year, I was staying at the card store even afterwards to draft, and I'd be there till like two, three in the morning. Yeah. And then I would just call my dad. He would drive 20 minutes to come pick me dude, up. Dude, your dad's awesome. My, my dad worked third shift, so he was awake sure. anyway. Uh, see, like, so that's why. I, I, that, I know what that means, but when you say yeah. that, that's not a thing where I live. Like, I never knew that growing up with that men. Yeah. Like, I get it now. You know, obviously, anyway. Third yeah, shift, so, like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he didn't care. I, I literally asked him, expecting him to say no. Right. I remember I remember that week where I was like, can I, like, stay late and draft? Because I, like, I learned how to draft the summer uh, with eighth edition, so the, the a year later. Um, I'm gonna get the year for you on that. I yeah, got it right. I got it right here. Eighth edition is 2003. Yeah, July 28th, 2003. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I know it was the first set with the new with the new border. Everybody in the card store was going nuts over how stupid it was, and Magic was going to die. Of course, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, but that's when I die. that's when I learned what drafting was, and uh, you know I started saying to draft because 
you know, so that, you know, that, that's over a year, year later, this is May of 2002. And I go there for the first time and I, I bring what is my best deck at the time. Uh, Justin, as a, as an aside, my first deck was Simic because I saw a temporal spring, one blue green sorcery, put target permanent, non-land permanent, no, any permanent, you can get in a land on top of its owner's library. And I just like never seen an effect like that. I'd also yeah. never seen a gold card because my brother only played Monarch Boy Sure, sure. <laughs> and then, uh, and gold was, was like, much different when I was a kid, by the way. They were almost yeah. all bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I was like, this card is cool. Like, I want to build a blue-green deck like that. Uh, and so th that was the first deck I ever built. But by the, by this point, you know, I've been playing for, uh, you know, a little over six months or so. And I, you know, we would, I would go with like my friend to the card store on like Sundays. So I was familiar with this store. And we would just like, you know, buy some packs and play some games or whatever. And, uh, you know, the store, and it was obviously very nice to us because we were kids. And, um, but I found out about FNM from, from my friend, Justin and, uh, and decided to go. And I brought my, my best deck and which was Rakdos burn. I was like, this is my, my burn deck. And it wasn't like, you know, a really streamlined burn deck. It was just a deck with a ton of removal and direct damage cards. And, um, and I show up now when you, yeah, I know there's a lot of horror stories about what, you know, local game store communities used to be like back in the day. And I just want to say that in my case, they were all true. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> every one of them, every goddamn yeah. one of them. Yeah. Everyone was a dingy, unwashed nerd. They were all assholes. Yeah. The, the store was unclean. And th there were Tracy Lords posters in the bathroom. Yeah, sure. There's there's <laughs> always the overweight guy whose pants don't fit him, and he's wearing the white yeah. t-shirt as a bunch of stains on it. In our yeah. case, that was the owner. <laughs> sure, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, like this was our the... our owner, the guy who ran our store. He looked like uh, what is the, what's the name? James Hitfield, the, the the lead for Metallica, like the, the the lead singer for Metallica. I don't know his name. Yeah, he looked like that guy. Like he had the long beard, and he talks that way. He was straight out in the sorry, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, you know, I go there I'm getting ready for this tournament. And, uh, what I didn't know, uh, was that you actually like had sideboards and played multiple mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. So after my first, first game, I just like got up and was like, yeah, my opponent won. And they, they're, they're like, where are you going? Like, we got to play game two. And I was like, game two. And it was like, yeah, we play like, you know, best, best of three games. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, we sit down and keep playing. We, this was unsanctioned. Uh, sure. The DCI did exist at this point, but our store oh, owner wasn't sanctioned. Sure. Um, so he would randomly uh, ass assign everyone quasi randomly into pods. As I came, as I came to learn later, he would always make one like pod of like newer, worse players, and one pod that was more stacked. Good for so you. There's always a pod of yeah. death, and there's always an easy pod. Yeah. And you you would play everyone in your pod, and you would go up to him, and he would keep track of everything on like pen and paper. And you played all three games no matter what, because it was your game record that got you into the top eight. Sure. You know, like some pods, two players made it in, sometimes one. It just sort of depended on how many people showed up. And, you know, the math was always a little off. Right. Sure. But, you know, we just did what Sam said. And so I show up. Uh, my, I, had a, I remember I had a six-person pod, so I played five rounds before the top eight. So I played 15 games. Uh, over, under, one and a half. How many do you think I won? Do you, are you, I'm going to go lead over. Okay. It, it is. I want two. Okay. I want sure. two and 13. <laughs> nice. In okay. games. You're uh, said you have a mulligan or man of the screwed or something. I, I can explicitly remember only one of them. 
Sure. And this game, my opponent was playing some sort of green-white deck, and I went turn three, uh, Planeswalkers, not Scorn, what was the red one? Planeswalkers Fury? The Cycle of Enchantments from Plane Shift? Oh, it was it a Hoser? Uh, no, they, they were all two in a color for an enchantment, and you paid three in that color, and your opponent revealed a card at random from their hand, and then you had an effect that was based on the mana value of the card that they revealed. Oh, yeah, I and don't the, remember these. The red one just domed them for that much damage. Oh. And you activated only as a sorcery. Sure. But it's three mana enchantment, four mana, they reveal a card from their hand and take that much damage, include as mana value. Sorcery hey. speed only. And I just played that on turn three, activated it on turn four, five, six, and seven, with him having a seven-card hand the entire time, and I revealed a five-mana card every time, and it was they the died. same beast attack they hit that he had in his hand. And after the game, he revealed his hand, and it was the only five-mana card in his hand at every activation. Yes. I literally hit four straight one and sevens. So you hit like a 1.2% or something like that. Yeah. Uh, much less. Yeah. This is like okay, a one Ross, in 2,000. I don't want to do the actual math. I'm saying it was obviously really bad. Yes. An unbelievable to like barely win. He was going to kill me the next turn. Sure. Because I, I like, I literally didn't do anything for seven turns. Uh, the fact that I still won the race is honestly impressive. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that was how I won one of the games. My opponent was very angry. I think they just like got red and went outside and like screamed at the universe for a while, uh, because that's how people were at, at stores in 2002 of course, when they yeah. lost to a 13 year old. Yeah, um, and you and, had to be an annoying 13 year old too. Let's yeah. be real. So now you can imagine that a lot of people, having had this experience, where all my opponents are, are like not I wouldn't say all, but like most of my opponents are assholes. Yeah. Uh, they're all clearly like you know looking at me as uh, a fish, which I was, and. I go two and 13. Like mm -hmm. that could have been traumatizing for some kids. And you but just for me, I yeah. was like, let's go. This is the greatest and, thing like, ever. Yeah. Yeah. I met some people. They like helped me out with my deck. They're like, these yeah. cards are bad. You should cut these. You should add these cards. And my deck got better. I, uh, and I didn't, I didn't immediately start going every week. I started going every week over the summer. And, um, and so it was like a couple months later where I really started going back a lot. And I, I remember the week I made my first top eight was with a green-white madness because blue-green madness was one of the best decks of the time. Yeah. I didn't want to do the normal thing. I was like, I'm going to build a green-white madness deck. Anorid Brushhopper had just gotten printed. I got myself some Anorid Brushhoppers. Glory was a cool card from the new set. Oh, Valor. Yeah. I was like, Anor yeah, well, they have Wonder. I'll just get my things first strike. That's just as good as flying, right? And yeah, Anorid <laughs> Brushhopper was like one of the big chase rares. Yes, the time. it was. It was like the chase rare of Judgment. It ended up being dog shit. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was not good, but yeah. I made my first top eight because my cards were at least semi-reasonable. They were playable, I, yes. Yeah, yeah. I had playable cards in my deck, so yeah. I was able to top eight an F&M. Uh, you know, I was, and I was super happy. I don't think I yeah. top eighted again for like another two months, but like within mm -hmm. a year, I was one of the best players in the store. Sure. Um, for me, it was something similar, right? You know, I started showing up and getting new cards. Um, I made friends with the people that I asked the question about, about like, where is the stack? And I got really lucky. So um, this will kind of lead into what our next episode is going to be. We start probably googling for our like our first really competitive, like when we start like going beyond our LGS. You know, you start like, yeah. going beyond your 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 small your small fish pool. So um, I got really lucky because the friend group that I ended up inserting myself at, I didn't realize this at the time, which you know I'll get into this more later. But they ended up just being all the best players in the state, other than Tom Ross, who like we didn't know of. Yeah. Yeah. Who was a mythical being. <laughs> well, he, yeah, this is also very early 2000s. He lived up in, like, Rustin, like, a few hours away. Yeah. And, like, he was not Tom Ross yet. <laughs> you know, this is this is not a thing. I, I still remember going to, like, you know, early PTQs. And, like, I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the tease. I'll never forget this. One of the early PTQs, one of the best players we had, it was this guy named Bo. 
he was extremely good, a little bit older than me. He was like already in college, like working on his master's. Very smart guy, very analytical, like one of the best technical players in our area. Like exceptionally, like didn't mess up. The kind of guy that like I couldn't beat very often at Magic, but if we played poker, I guess I might whoop the shit out of him because he like he wasn't creative. He's like sure, you know what I mean? Like that kind of guy. And remember after like one tournament where like, you know, we saw Tom do well again and like he ended up beating some of the guys in my group. And like usually we were like the guys that ran it. There's like some decent players in the New Orleans area and they talked a lot of shit, but it was like all about the Bad Rouge guys, right? We, we, yeah. we ran the state pretty much over. And, you know, we wouldn't win literally literally everything. Again, this is just a preview. I'm going to get into this. But I remember asking my friend of the things, I'm like, what do you think of that Tom Ross guy? And he's like, oh, he just gets lucky. And I remember <laughs> like at the next at the next PTQ, uh, this is like after I had won my first PTQ, I just like watched him play for a few rounds. And I remember pulling Bo aside. I'm like, he didn't get lucky. We just don't get it. He knows something we don't. I remember, I remember literally saying this word. So I'm like, he's just better like yeah. at the time and that's what I was like I need to get better at the game anyway go back so I get in the group of these guys uh, the one that really made a difference even though like all of them were good the one, it's really funny the one that really made it his name was Hannon so Cannon and Tannen and he at the time was like on his way out kind of like he he put up with us and play with us and stuff but he had played a ton growing up he'd already played like I think 17 Pro Tours or 16 Pro Tours uh he played a little bit with that's Dave like Williams. all the ones that had happened at that point <laughs> yeah he, okay it was it was something over 10 Right. He yeah. was like the local in boss and he was from like another part of Louisiana and he would go visit uh he used to live a little more west of us, about two hours west of us. So growing up, he would just go to Houston and play with Houston guys at the time. Houston was like a mecca for an edge. You had like Dave Williams and a bunch of these other guys coming out in the area and like they were pushing each other. They're like, you know, hey, we would be good, we'd be really, really good at magic. So this was before they, you know, poker took over for a lot of these guys. And I remember we would go to his house. And again, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get into that later. We would go to his house. We'd all practice there. I'll, I'll, I'll tell these stories later. But I'm getting involved with these guys a little bit, right? And so uh, Torment comes out, and I get my first competitive deck. And this is where I first start playing, like, you know, in the little tournaments and doing okay, like the little FNMs or whatever they were. And mine was uh, Mono Black. Do you remember the Mono Black control? One time he played, like, Innocent Blood, Corrupt, like, Tainted yeah, Mutilate. Pack, mutilate, like, all that stuff. This was, like, my first deck where I was like, yeah, I get it. And, like, I'm playing the whole thing and like you know like i first saw a card like innocent blood i'm like why would i play this card it makes me sacrifice a creature too I'm like well my friend's like what if you don't have a creature and they do you know my brain <laughs> level up moment right i'm getting it oh uh, my next one after that judgment comes out and i played a, uh, a deck it was uh was it hunting grounds is that what it was that what it's called the judgment rare green white threshold you can yes. put a creature from your hand onto the battlefield each End step or upkeep? No, no, no. It's, I think it's when they play a spell. Give me one second here. I just looked it up. Okay, oh, so yeah. It is when light. they play a spell. You're right. Yeah, I just, I just looked it up. Yeah, when they play a spell, if you have threshold. Yeah, if you have threshold. You can put uh, a creature into play. So I played a deck that played around this and some, you know, had some of the good cards in it, like in green, white card, and, but it was banned and you played Mystic Snake. So your opponent would play a spell and you're like, trigger this thing, put Mystic Snake into play, Kyrie guy. And like that was like the, the big play. It was like super cool. Yeah. But it had small deck. But that was your synergy the, payoff. Yeah, those were the decks that like I was into, and I was like, oh, this is great. I had a lot of fun with it. And stuff. I had like no idea of sideboard. It's still up to the day, but like back then I was literally clueless. You know, blah, 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 blah. We would play. And it was mostly just casual like pickup games. My sideboards were just nothing but disenchanted color hosers for like yeah, the first that year. Was, that was that was what everybody did. You're like, yeah. Do you have white? Okay, put some circle protections in there, some story circles, yeah, something like that. Right? Yeah, mono, what, what, mono seed times and composts and my yeah. green decks. Seed time, my buddy. So, uh, one of my buddies who really helped me better. In fact, he, this is really random. We queued into each other on Arena the other day. I didn't know he still played. He's uh, <laughs> he's like a big time lawyer now. He graduated from Brown like second in his class, and he's like one retainer from like one of the biggest companies in America, like Coke 
or something. You know what I mean? Like this dude, his life is set. You know what I mean? Like he's doing really well. He was extremely smart. He was a little bit older. He was uh, working on his master's at LSU at the time. Like, and he's, he was going to law school at LSU before he went to Brown. And I remember because uh, one day he like picked, you know, we would all get together to go do something and he picked me up and he was like in his car. He was like, he's like, hey, I learned how I could, uh, I could adopt you today. I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I really chewed into the other day. He texted me or whatever. But uh, uh, where was I going with this? Uh, you know, he, he uh, at the time, I remember he collected scene times because he thought the car was in huge. Right. It was like his big spec. Right. Yeah. And he just had literally a binder full of seed times because that car was so weird. You know, we'd have to see the car throw it home, go look up seed time. Or do you, it's like, see, there was like one degree and it's an instant. You could only cast it if your opponent has played a blue spell this turn. And it's, and you, you can only cast it on your own turn. You can only cast it on your own turn and it's take an extra turn. So it was like, if you're going to like counter spell something, you're like, okay, I'll take another turn. It was yeah. pretty. And people put it to the sideboard, it ended up being not good. Again, another card that we thought was great and, you know, not ever really nowhere close to what we imagined it being. Yeah. You know, we're all relying, like, like you said, on those magazines. It's Scribe yeah. Inquest. And we're, still, we're, we're getting the internet now, too. Like, it's sort yeah. of happening. Yeah. They were, like, though they were horrible. Like, they yeah. weren't good. You know, they didn't let you know really anything about what was good. Uh, but, like, I remember once, um, you know, Inquest, and I would do, like, I think I had a, a subscription to Inquest. I think I did, too, as well, yeah. They they would publish these, like, cool combos. Is it? And uh, so they had... Uh, the, the combo of the month in that issue was Wrath of God and Collar of the Claw, which had just been yeah, printed. I remember that. This was Legions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a little bit later. But, uh, and uh, like, this is at the point where, like, I'm starting to know what magic is. So I think I'm oh. a lot better than I am. So I still have Inquest, but we do, we like look at it ironically. Sure. Uh, I remember you know, this too. Yeah. And, but I saw this combo and was like, this is cool. I'm going to try to do this at this at, at FM. Okay. You know, because I, I was all, I was cocky about everything. Sure. Because, Same. and they had this deck list. It was like, you know, it was white weenie splashing for four color of the claw. And it just played Wrath of God. And there's like, nobody will expect Wrath of God out of your aggro deck. And like, when you have it with color of the claw, it's completely one-sided. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. let's go. And like, color of the claw was a fine card in your aggro deck anyway. Uh, and so I built this, you know, model white weenie splashing green deck. And I bring it to the FNM. I think I, you know, top eight it or whatever. And, you know, felt like a big shot top eighting with this bad inquest deck. Yeah. Um, but like these are the kind of things that, that you had to do because you no, know, like nobody really knew what cards were good unless you were like one of the hundred people in the world that actually you know was good not magic had, yeah and had some community of people around you that was like, also good no, yeah yeah no, nobody was going to be able to like figure out magic alone hey. so if you didn't have other people that were good and dedicated and, and motivated other, around you et cetera, yeah, yeah. yeah like you just weren't there like you know the I was the friends I was with around that time you know that I met at the card store some of them were like you know decent players but none of them ever really like rose up the ranks hey. to be good competitive players uh and, and so but like you know we, we generally got better together at, and yeah. you know learned some things and and started playing better decks but like our decks still weren't like they were at least like cohesive but they weren't good like my friend ryan had his like rakdos magnivore deck where yeah. he book burning himself and oh, you know book burning holy my, my buddy's a million like are you i remember this yeah bit. it was a cool deck it had a bunch of burning wishes in it and they like you kill you with magnivore and and you know, I eventually started playing like Blue Green Madness a lot at the card store. And, you know, and then I started building goblins and stuff, but uh, you, um, know, you weren't good. Kind of touching on what you were saying here, uh, just to back up like one set real quick or one block, because this is a block, you know, into the Odyssey River. I still remember the inquest. Like for some reason, this is the inquest that's like imprinted on me. They had like their top 10 cards going into the set. And then they came back to it like later. Remember the issue where they're like, let's see how we did, which I, I <laughs> love seeing stuff like that. 
And I remember like, I think the number of cards was like Iridesa Angel or whatever. It's like five blue white for like a four, four flyer as protection from all colors yeah, or whatever. This is Odyssey. Card, card, yeah, card was unplayable. Like it's just garbage, yeah. right? And they had like the number one card. Um, They left upheaval off the list and they were like, oops. Yeah, I remember, I remember the thing was they said, oops, we forgot about floating mana. <laughs> and yeah. like, I think they also didn't have Psychodon on the list. And they were like, yeah, we really missed this one. Whatever as well, because Psychodon well, was like- Almost everybody missed Psychodon. Do, do you know the story about that? Well, let, let, me, let me finish this real quick for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Psychodon, if you don't know the guard, look it up or whatever. I'm sure Ross going to go poetically on this wax foot. Yeah. Like, this was probably one of the most, this might have been the most defining creature in the history of magic. At its yeah. time. Oh, for several years, it was the answer to the question, what is the best creature ever printed? Yeah, it, it, it supplanted Morphling, because Morphling was the answer to that yeah. for a while. And then, like, everybody's like, no, it's fucking Psychotog. And, like, it yeah. spawned so many decks. Anyway. But, uh, so, you know, Odyssey, of course, had Shadow Mage Infiltrator, which yes. is, you know, a, a hyped card because it was John Finkel's Invitational card. And, sure. You know, it lo- reads like a pretty powerful card. Ophidian was a really powerful card yep. back in the day. Uh, it you know, it, 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 like, spawned an entire deck. Yeah. Yeah, Forbidian. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, again, if you don't know these things, look them up. <laughs> and and so everybody's excited about Shadow Mansion Infiltrator. And I don't remember which, you know, team it was, but there was a team that was testing for that upcoming Pro Tour after Odyssey was released. And they, you know, had these, this, like, demure control deck because there was a lot of good counter magic available in Invasion Odyssey Standard and Factor Fiction was, you know, one of the best cards. So they had this deck that was just, like, a lot but of good I, disruption well, and Factor well, Fiction. Real quick, fact to picture everybody. We everybody had a saying for this back in the, back in the day it was EOT FOF GG. So it's standard turn, yes. factor fiction, good game. Wait, no, we literally always said that. anyway. Continue. Yeah. So so then you know they had that deck, and then they were obviously going to play Shadow Mage Infiltrator in it, but they didn't have a bunch of Shadow Mage Infiltrators because that was one of the so traditions of the set. It. So they proxied it with Psychotogs, and which like, they had lying around from draft. And so they started playing it, and then like after a few games, they were just like. This card would be better as a psychotog, then. Yeah. and they just like, eventually just changed it, and yeah. that was the birth of the psychotog like, deck. Logic. It used to play circular logic. Was it ghastly demise? I think it was like the one black removal yeah, spell. Yeah, ghastly was, like, demise, broken. circular logic. The you know, upheaval was obviously amazing. Yeah, uh, with it, yeah, it, you know, I remember then, like psychotog was the dom- That was like the dominant standard deck yeah. when I st- started yeah. going to FNS. Same, actually, like, story about a guy being an asshole. Um, I'm actually still friends with him. I told this story on Twitter once and he like DM'd me apologizing about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I don't care. It's been 20 yeah, years. Yeah, we're, we're uh, adults. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, this was like one of my first weeks at the store. I was still playing the Rakdos burn deck, right? Sure. But it was like my second or third ever FNM. And I, I won game one. I, I'm sure he got like mana screwed or, or, you know, something happened. He probably didn't play the best, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, but like, you know, this guy top eight at a Grand Prix a couple of years later. He was not bad. Uh, what was his name? If you don't uh, mind. It Do you, was um, you don't uh, Paul um, Serengis. He was I the, was wondering remember if I knew the, him. Remember the Legacy GP where um, the, what was the creature that when it died, you got the Oath and you, they played it with Cabal Therapy and Academy yeah. Rector? Yeah, I didn't try, I can't think of it. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't, he, anyway. he was, that deck top aided Protra Philly and, or G, GP Philly in 05 and he, he was the guy playing it. Sure, okay. Uh, it was uh, game, Gamekeeper. Gamekeepers. That's it, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, as, uh, he was playing the Gamekeeper deck. And, uh, and so he's playing Psychotog, you know, the best deck. I'm playing Rakdos, you know, Little Kid Burn. And I beat him game one. And I'm like, you know, happy about it. I'm about to try to smile on my face. And I'm shuffling for game two. And he's like, you know, feel the pressure. He definitely doesn't want to lose to it, a little kid. And even losing a game to me is like a plaque mark at this point uh, for people that put too much of their emotional, you know, health into their success at FNM. And uh, he literally tells me, he's like, if you win this match, 
I will give you every single dollar in my wallet right now. Just all of it. Sure. And I'm just like, okay, like kind of taking it back. Like whatever, yeah. like let's go, like let's play. And, uh, and as he like takes control of game three in the match with two psychodogs in play, he literally pulls out his wallet takes out the money from it. I still remember to this day, it was $29. So yeah. Not a large amount. Back then, Even, no. in, even in 2002. Hey, uh, that's a starter deck and some packs. <laughs> yeah, he takes out $29 in various denominations of bills, and he literally puts eyes stuff really on the table underneath his psychotogs as he's attacking that, with them. That's funny, for actually. Lethal, that's just to funny. rub it in to a 13-year-old yeah. child. Get got, this man. Is, Get good. Yeah, <laughs> this is what people were like back then. The, the, yeah. can, we've gotten better. Yeah. It just, you know, if, if you think it's bad now, it was a lot worse. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, God. Uh, PTQing to sign, which we'll get into the next time we do this, it, it was super cutthroat. Like, 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 think about, you know, the movies of the chess players, like they take their hand off the piece, like, no, 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 you took your hand off the piece, like, that's actually the deal. Like, or, oh, you said okay. You, like, you couldn't say the phrase okay. You had to take it out yeah. of the vernacular and stuff because you could be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Because if you say okay, then, like, you don't get to respond. Is that like it was bad? Um, let's kind of like set up the setup for that for the next one because you know we've kind of gotten into this. Like the next set after the one we were talking a lot about here is Onslaught Legion Scourge, and this is where I started to get a little competitive. This is where I did my first draft, um, and then I started to play in like you know we have like you know tournaments and stuff, and I didn't play my first PTQ yet. Uh, I played my first like constructed PTQ in the block after this event was mirrored in it. I remember right, so it was PTQ. I think it was. And then I played my first limited uh, PTQ and block after that, which is Kamigawa block. So it's going to span about a year and a half, uh, as we're going to talk about okay. this. will probably my, be an entire show. My first PTQ was Onslaught block constructed. So sure. around uh, the same time. Do you remember what deck you played? I played Goblins. Mm, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, at my, this point, yeah. like, so so basically, like, over the six months that I played at school, like in middle yeah. school at the lunch table, we I didn't, like, follow Magic. You know, I didn't have a I didn't have a computer in my in my home at that point, um. So you know, it would have been difficult to, um. And I would we would like spend a lot of time I, I on the did. computers. I, at I school. got one like my senior year, of high school, <laughs> you know, yeah. looking at yeah. magic things. My friends showed me different websites, and that's how I learned about you know the Brain Burst, which is now TCGplayer.com. Yeah, and, I remember uh, Brain Burst getting, getting and, and Star City over, Games yeah. and the Mana Drain, which I, like, uh, I think SCG sold the Mana Drain. The Dojo. I, I'm a little. I I never got to know the Dojo. Um, I'm, I'm I was old. a little, little late for that. And then I get, you know, where they showed, you know, spoilers during spoiler season. Judgment was the first spoiler season that like we followed. And I remember like, you know, having some free time and all of us gathered around different computers. were just looking at cards and going nuts over the ones that we thought were good. Um, you know, but I, I think Onslaught was also my first pre-release, um, uh, you know, the, the Friday, yeah, I try to remember. I don't know if I went to pre-release in, the, in this block or not. Yeah, and and we were on sanctions, so we didn't have to wait till midnight. We just did F and M as a pre-release. We our pre-release <laughs> is what they, they do to, now. <laughs> yeah, so we had different pre-releases back then. Back then, you, you had statewide pre-releases. Like yeah, we, we I, had, I went to a couple of those before yeah. they got rid of them. So ours would be in New Orleans, so we'd have to drive it an hour. Sta- it was like regional, but not uh, like many yeah. years was the entire state. But... I think ours was the entire state, and yeah. they would Our, be... Ours was, too. We only had one in Connecticut because Connecticut's small, but they I'm would sure be... they had multiple in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would be big. Uh, I remember, like, you'd play the flight, or you play, like, you know, five or six rounds, whatever the price is based on, by yeah, still they, record. They, they had eight-person eight draft flights. I think they had 32-person sealed flights, but there was always one flight that was, like, the no-cap we're going to yeah. have as many people as we want and we'll play Swiss rounds and that one has the biggest prizes. 
Yeah. Basically just like a big sealed PTQ, but without a similar bike. But we'd have yeah. like a hundred people in that flight or something like that. Yeah. Maybe more. I remember just being like down and, and the it was tables. just all, it was the whole weekend. Yeah. Like well, you did it was Saturday and Sunday. And, yeah. We'd get a hotel yeah. ballroom and, and we would do that, which New Orleans is an hour. So we would like drive home and drive back up. You know what I mean? Like why yeah. get a hotel room the, or whatever. The, those, those kept going through most of the 2000s. I remember going to someone I was in college still, yeah. like OSEP for like time we, spiral and. We might have stopped a little early because I remember because I remember going to the pre-release for the Kamigawa block, which would be like you know way after this one. But we had to go to Houston to play at it because uh, Katrina had happened. If I remember yeah, right, yeah, yeah Katrina that was had five. happened. It, like half of our we like lost a lot of our player base. Our main judge in Louisiana, like our biggest judge, who judged all the big stuff. He like you know he moved because he like his house didn't exist anymore. Yeah, or whatever is like that. So that's a, that's a thing we can kind of get into because like. Yeah, my life gets kind of white here in, <laughs> in these couple of years. Yeah. You know, in all the years that we've known each other, we've never really talked about how Katrina impacted your life when you lived in the state that so, it hit. Tell you what, we will 100% talk about Katrina during during the stuff and how it impacted everything. It was, it was a wild time, uh, yeah. especially a few weeks. Like, no power for, you know, I think like seven to ten days. And we were one of the first, I was one of the first grids to get power back because I lived very close to college. And the way they do is, is uh, first it's like hospitals and then sometimes it's schools. But the grid that I was on had the vet school. So we got, we got, uh, I got power pretty quickly or whatever. So we'll get into all that stuff later. So we'll probably be starting back up with like coming into Onslaught and into Mirrodin. I will give a little bit of a teaser here. So we get into this. When we talk about Onslaught, we talk about my first draft. I would tell you about how my competitive career almost didn't happen because of the first draft that they played in. Uh, Sounds I, like somebody got scummed. Well, it was a team draft, and I got yelled at very aggressively by my teammate because I didn't, because uh, it was my first draft ever. And, uh, you know, I've never done a draft, more or less a team draft. And they're like, yeah, like, try to stick to two colors, you know, like, figure out what's coming. And I thought my deck was pretty good, right? You know, because I had, like, big monsters and shit, right? It's all, it's all, it's all creatures, right? Yeah. And uh, and it was, I think it was the full set, or maybe it was Legions, I can't remember, because they asked, they were like, did you pass any good cards that, like, you know, we need to play around in the other decks? Because we're playing for something, right? They just needed a sixth person or whatever. And, yeah. and I was around and play. I was like, maybe. I was like, I don't know. Because, like, in my mind, I had never had to do this before. I was ready. Yeah, you don't you know, know what a good card they is. They didn't explain it to me ahead of time. And they're like, yeah, do you pass any rares? So I was like, I think I passed this, like, white one that, like, I didn't understand it. And they were like, well, I was like, it was like X and some mana. And then you could, like, cycle it to make one ones or you could, like, make four. You know, it was Decree of Justice, obviously. Yeah. And my, my teammate just fucking loses. He's like, you. You passed a Korea justice? Oh my god. He like freaks out and then like, you know, yells at me, you know, like I almost didn't play the draft. I almost didn't play with these guys afterwards because like, you know, why are you yelling at me? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't respond well to this. And then he like later someone explained to me, like, we're all gonna have to play against this card now. But I'm like, you could have told me that ahead of time. Like, you knew going into this where I was, you know, like in the game. Yeah. So, you know, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff. And that's probably why I didn't play a lot of competitively in this block, and then Mirrodin block came out and Obviously, I pick one of the worst blocks to ever play in to start playing competitively. By the way, so we'll yeah, I'll, honestly, uh, the one thing I'll, I'll say about the start of of you know my competitive Magic playing is I probably picked the best time because I got into it playing Blue Green Madness, and uh, it was just like the cheapest deck. It was a deck that I literally like could assemble within a couple weeks of like saving up my allowance. Sure, because in the standard version of the deck. Uh, the only rares were four Yavamayakos, which, I, if I remember correctly, were about $7 at the time. 
and everything else was commons and uncommons. And like they were relatively expensive for uncommons. Like circular logics were like four or five dollars. Yeah, and, they were just you know, sitting arrogant worms were like a buck or two. And yeah, uh, but like wild margol common, aquimba common, Baskin rootwalla common. Mm-hmm. Like you know everything else. So yeah, I put together that, that deck like pretty quickly and was able to sort of like build out a collection, just like playing F and M's and getting better and like yeah. getting prizes and. Uh, you know, every, you know, dollar that I got from my parents at this time just went to the card store immediately. You know, I was, I was in from the beginning. As soon as I saw like a way to be competitive about something that I knew I could be good at, I was like, I could be good at this. Sick. And I was like, I'm in. And yeah. I, the, you know, the first couple of weeks of having everybody be, you know, the, view me as the punching bag. I was like, this isn't going to happen for that yeah. long. This ain't going to be this way a couple uh, for a long, buddy. Yeah, Enjoy it. I could tell. Like, you know, I could tell that I, you know, you you never know if you're like really getting better because your week to week results vary a lot. You know, sure. some weeks I have top eight, some weeks I wouldn't. And but I I started to realize that I was getting better when I was never in the the group with uh-huh. all the little kids anymore, and I was often idea. in the group with the players I knew were better sure. players in the store. And I was like, why am I in this group? I, I like the first week it happened. I'm like, I'm like really? And there was like, yeah, Ross, like. You know, like, don't be an well, asshole about it. Welcome, Tiff. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, good luck about it. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be an asshole about it. Yeah. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this week's episode as we kind of, I think this is a really good uh, stopping off point and, and jumping yeah. off point for, for later. Um, Hopefully everyone's listened, enjoys this. Uh, I've had, for us, I had a ton of fun doing this episode. This is, this is, this is a good time going down memory lane. And then, yeah, I, I think they're going to start getting a little more, because like, this is very general. But I think they're going to start getting a lot more detailed when we start talking about like, our specific things that happened to well, us. The decks it's also chose. hard for us to remember details from 20 years ago. Oh, I mean, I remember some of this pretty well. Like, yeah. Some as, of as we go along, we'll remember mm-hmm. more details is my point. Yeah. Like, like little things like, um, in the Mirrodin block, this is the first time I play magic online. I make my first account on magic online. And I could tell you the first card I ever picked on magic online. I could tell you the first rare. And then I could tell you the first card I picked in pack three as well. Because it tells you how bad my death was, et cetera, et cetera. Those cards are probably still on my account. If I could remember the damn password, because I don't use Magic Online very much. It's <laughs> a foot. Uh, just little things like that. So we'll get into all those stuff, and then, you know, we'll talk about the decks. And then uh, there's going to be certain generations of, of Magic where, you know, like, there's some blocks in here where I took a step back. Like a huge step black, a huge step back as well during these, and oh, yeah. some that I was super into as well. But I was I was kind of here for most of it. Like, almost all of it. So, like, I'm, I'm looking through, and I have memories on almost every block. So I'll have a lot to really talk about when this happens. So... Hopefully everybody at home really enjoyed this. You get a little bit of uh, a glimpse into the past and what magic was like back then, especially for Ross and I. And uh, if you enjoyed it, let us know in the Discord. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, if you have ideas or questions about this stuff, uh, hit us up. You can tag us on there on Twitter or on Discord. Let us know if there's something you really want to know. And uh, hopefully we can cover all this stuff and really tell you what it was like back then because I kind of miss it, Ross. It was the good old days. Yeah, the 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 thing is, as like bad as it, everything looks in hindsight, yeah, it, like I still just enjoyed magic oh, so much, it was and so I, you much know, fun. it's yeah. those times when you're like you're learning so much about it, and everything is new, and now like so much of what I see in magic, it just reminds me of things I've seen multiple times in the past, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it just keeps, you know, eventually it loses some of its luster. You know, magic is still fun; I still enjoy it, but it's definitely it's very different than what it used to be. So you still have all of these those good emotions that right. are associated and tied to those memories, even if, you know, I, I'm I, looking I, at it without I, those rose-colored I, glasses anymore and from a very different perspective. And I'm just like, yeah, 
they shouldn't have let me hang out at that store. Agreed. With all of these social degenerates. No, agreed. Like, obviously, it was a bad influence in a lot of ways, too. We'll get into that, too. I'll get into some of, like, the negative side of things and stuff forever. But for everybody listening at home, thanks a lot. Hopefully, you enjoyed this, and uh, there'll be more of this very, very soon. We'll see you all later.